Thank you so much for joining us on another exciting episode of the Complainers Compound. I am your complaining host, Roberto Montes. Uh, let me go ahead and start off by explaining a little bit more about the show. Um, I want to come on and uh, complain about something that's obviously bugging me. Um, I also want to bring guests on the show and have them complain as well, and then we can go ahead and talk about it. Or once I get an email set up for this, I want people to email me their questions. And I'm going to do my very best to put myself in their position and complain almost for them. Um, I don't know how that makes any sense, but I'm just going to go ahead and go with it. Um, Also, I want people to understand that I'm going to frame this show a little bit differently than other shows when it comes to self-help. Um, if that's even what this show is about, I don't know, but I feel like that's what it is. Um, I'm going to frame it first negatively. Like I, I'm more of a pessimist. So I'm going to agree that your life is as shitty as you claim it to be. Um, I think a lot of people, when you start to complain to them, they just say, yeah, you know, that situation's not so bad. Check this situation out that I've been in. And you have to fucking sit there and listen to it. And you're like, dude, that's not even, yeah, that's worse, I guess, and it's supposed to make me feel better. But it, you know, I think it only makes you feel better for a little bit of time. I, I, I call this the duration of things. So, like, that duration is, you realize, oh, maybe I should stop complaining, but subconsciously, you still want to complain. So that's why I don't do that to people anymore. I, I try not to give them a situation that I've been in. Here's a really good example. Hey, my dog died. Um, let me let me talk about that. Hey, dude, before you start, let me just say my dog has passed away as well. And it, it sucks. It hurts. And I, I see how you're feeling. It's like, well, yeah, you, you, you do. You know, you kind of do. But this hurts me more. And what they're trying to say is like, no, it hurts the same. We both lost. But that's not the case. They're not living your life. They don't know anything that you have gone through when it came to this dog. You see what I'm saying? So on this show, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say, yes, your life sucks. It it, it probably, honestly, I guarantee it sucks. There you go. But either you want to change it or you don't. And if you do, then please listen to the show. But if you don't, then the show's not for you. Then complain to someone else and don't get any better at anything. But yes, I agree. Everything that I have ever gone through probably doesn't even add up to you losing your keys. You see what I'm saying? I have to agree that your life fucking sucks. So let's uh, continue. The show today is going to be on how to feel valued at work. This is a tricky episode for me, but I think I kind of uh, figured it out. To, to start it off in a pessimist viewpoint. First off, you want to feel valued at work, right? Okay, yes. You can complain away how your job sucks, how no one listens to you, how all you do is the best type of work, and you're still not being appreciated for it. Let's start off by saying this. Do you know what value is? How, how do you define value at work? 
But before we do that, before you answer that, do you value yourself? You see, you can't start to understand what value is at work until you understand what value is for yourself. You as a person, you as a a partner, you as a friend, you as you. Do you value you? Oh, oh, you do? Good. Go ahead and list uh, three things to me right now. I'll wait. What, what do you value? What things do you do that you value? Hell, do you even love yourself? That's a big one. You can't continue to fix yourself until you've asked these questions. And this is why I chose this show, this episode, was because it would be a good caveat to answer do you value yourself? Do you believe in yourself? Do you love yourself? Because if you do, then you can answer the question, how to build more value at work, at your job. Okay, so think about those questions. The show is primarily going to be on me giving you better questions. Questions that I've asked myself, that I've listened through audibles or um, audible books or, or, po- or different podcasts um, with different guests. It's like, okay, they've asked themselves these questions. Let me, let me ask myself the same question. And one of those was, do I believe in myself? Do I value myself? Do I love myself? Um, so once I was able to answer those questions, then I was able to continue. And they can go very deep or, they, you, know, or you can just quickly answer them. Because if the answer is like, I don't know if I value myself – then you should probably pause the show and go in depth on that. But if you want to continue listening, let's go ahead. The majority of people at work, I think, I believe, feel undervalued. Uh, people don't, they don't get what, what they expect, usually, I think. Um, there's always a, a lack of communication, um, you have your own core beliefs versus the company's core beliefs versus your boss. There's a lot of um, different uh, levels to, to get through. Um, but let's go with everyone feeling um, undervalued. So I think the majority of people feel undervalued, but that's also because of something called um, the, the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's when... Um, it's essentially where you can't even see your own uh, incompetency. It's like uh, you, you you think you're really, really competent, but you're not. <laughs> you you have a lot of flaws that you're not allowing yourself to see. And I think that happens because the brain wants you to be the very best version of you. It's going to frame everything as if you're the best. Because if it doesn't, then you're going to get into this depressive mode. And once you reach that depressive mode, then you can't really continue. Hell, you start to wither away. So I think it's kind of one of those security measures that the brain does. It's like, no wonder everyone fears, feels undervalued. It's because they're overvaluing themselves. You see what I'm saying? What's the measurement for value? And that's what we're going to try to find on the show right now. Um, I, I think a lot of people, when they can't get those questions um, 
answered, they um, they fall into a mediocrity. A lot of work is mediocrity. It's just the middle. It's just just enough, and that's kind of where I want to go in depth. It's like, are you okay with that? You want to feel more valued at work, right? But you're just doing mediocre work. Hmm, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, are you giving it your all? Hmm. Are you doing the most for yourself and the company? Are you in constant, like, are you constantly learning? What was the last thing you've learned at this company or even at home? We're constantly changing and we always have to adapt. And the way we succeed in adapting is by learning. Are you curious to learn? Are you challenging yourself? Look, you got to get used to dealing with shitty people. But don't get stuck being influenced by them. Learn for you. Don't learn for someone else. Don't learn for the company. Learn for you. We just put too much pressure on ourselves because we want to feel validated by others and the company. How sad. The company is just that. It's a company. It's trying to build culture. But it can't build culture without you. You see? You do matter already. So, let's learn more. Let's influence the culture. Let's let's help adapt the company through you first. And be careful with that validation. Um, a really good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Mr. Lamb. He's a he's a he's a beer whiz, very good brewer. Um, he told me about something that was called a, a personal contract, and I, I, I love that. Can you can you um, write out a personal contract for yourself to keep track of what you've learned or w- want to learn? I think that's really important it, it, cause, because it builds a, a little bit of accountability. And I'm talking about this right now on the podcast because if you want to feel more valued at work, well, then value what you've learned and to keep track of what you've learned, perhaps create a personal contract. And you can do that by writing yourself a letter or yourself an email or a reminder for six months you know, in the future. Obviously journaling, which, wow, if you journal, you're already one step ahead of the game, 10 steps, if anything. So yeah, a nice personal contract would definitely help. Um. I also think if you go in a little bit more in depth, designing that contract to make it attractive for you, you have to understand when it comes to creating a better habit, it needs to be a little bit more attractive. Okay. But back to feeling valued at work, I think a really important part of feeling valued is mimicking. Um, Kind of mimic the person in charge, especially if there's someone a lot of other people value. You see? Look around the room. Okay, get your, get your head out of your ass first and quit thinking that you're the best because you're probably not, especially if you're listening to this episode. <laughs> it's who's the best in the room? Oh, it's me. Okay, fuck you. Who's the best in the room? Choose that person. 
emulate them or their work habits? How are they able to influence the people around them? Is your boss an influential person? Are they a good motivator? Okay, try to emulate the way they motivate. Because what you have to do is essentially be a mini boss to yourself and then the people around you in that position. Say you're in a position, there's 10 people around you at all times in that position. You, you, though you're not the boss, don't act like it. I'm not saying that. But emulate those type of like influential aspects of being a boss. Okay. Um, oh, finding a mentor at work. I think that's kind of part of... That's a little hard because finding a mentor at work, uh, it's going to be a tricky one. That's... But if you're able to find a mentor, that's that's golden. But before that, I think the precursor would be just trying to emulate the best person um, within your within your position, and and see what kind of tactics they do to be the best. And then that way you're in constant learning because you could you gotta be able to apply what they've learned um, to your system. And then maybe there was something missing, and then two, you know, months later, let's say, boom, you become the best. Am I saying that's a possibility? I am. <laughs> am I saying it's going to take two months? I'm not. <laughs> it could take two years It can, or it can never happen. But at least you're giving yourself the opportunity to to be the best. Um, yeah, find someone better than you and learn from them. Um, the best jobs are neither uh, decreed nor degreed. They are creative persons. No, they're uh, creative I don't even know what the fuck I just wrote. Um, but pretty much what Naval Ravikant's trying to say is that um, you don't need a degree to be the best. Um, you just have to be someone who's thirsty for learning. And that's kind of the takeaway of the show right now. Um, let's see now. We believe that the company we work for is uh, constantly noticing our hard work. That's wrong. They usually don't notice. They, you know what they do? They notice when you make a mistake or uh, when other people start uh, talking about your, your work ethic um, in a negative fashion. That's usually how you become unpopular or what they notice, at least, at work. Uh, you usually have to show them proof of work you know, through charge or by physically showing them how you can save you know, the company money. Um, you have to almost become someone they can consult to um, or go up to your boss and ask for his advice. That's always a good one uh, on anything. Um, always pay attention. A really big one of mine is, are you able to teach what you've learned? I think that's a that's a big one because if you're able to teach someone, then it, I think it kind of shows a little bit of humility. Uh you're, you're going to be able to connect if they, they say, right, quotations. Oh, they say. Um, I'm pretty sure I've heard this. I don't think it was a Tim Ferriss show. It was probably, again, Naval Ravikant saying, if you're able to teach anybody, someone your age, I'm 32, a 32-year-old. Um, oh, I'm sorry, if you're able to teach what you're trying to teach to an 8-year-old, the, the, the way you explain it, then then you're going to be able to explain it at a very basic level, which is good. 
So are you able to teach what you've learned to others? Because you're going to want to connect. And that's that's something I'm, I'm going to talk about in a second. You don't need to be friends with everyone, but you need to be someone who is there for the team. You've got to be reliable. And you most of all, you got to be consistent. That's the hardest part. Okay, you don't go to the gym and get big after two days. You go to the gym and get big after two years. But you got you to gotta be consistent. Okay, because <laughs> no one's going to notice your consistency. But when, you know, shit hits the fan and you, you save everyone's ass, oh yeah, they're going to notice. But it's going to take consistency. Um, and you're going to have to monitor that. Are you more? Are you available more often than not? You're gonna have to promote yourself. Um, don't say you're the best, ever. Careful with that. Show you're the best, not at what you do, but at um, how you're able to encourage and inspire others to be the best while you're around. That's that to me is the best person at work. The best person at work is the best person who makes you better. <laughs> who's able to encourage you and inspire you just because we're always in a constant decline in energy. Okay, so if that person shows up and you're like, oh, thank God, <clears throat> let's have more energy all of a sudden. Let's get, let's get, let's go. Let's do more. Let's, let's, let's work harder. This person's here now. Okay, but then at the same time, teach them how to be that way as well. So when you're gone, they can be, you know, the person to inspire, the, the person who boosts, who's able to cooperate, who improves you, who's there for support, <clears throat> who contributes more, there to assist. Okay, so be that. Oh, oh perfect. I'm down to my last note, which is very exciting. This was a lot for me. Um, you could, yeah, I got that. So, one thing for sure, do you believe the story you've built for yourself so much that you're unable to see any of your flaws? And I'm going back to the Dunning-Kruger effect because I think that right there is crucial when it comes to trying to build more value at work. You're going to have to take a step back and, and notice some of your flaws. You're not as great as you think you are, all right? Even if you're pretty good, just be careful with that bias. Um, you're, it's going to be hard to recognize your own incompetence. Um, and it's not always ignorance or arrogance either. It could just be that no one knows what the best is. Um, what's the real measurement for the best employee in that position? I think that's a huge one. So that's going to take a lot of team effort to, to come up with a standard. Because the standard could be like, well, you got to shoot for 10,000, whatever, who gives a fuck? Some kind of arbitrary number. That's the one. No, I don't think that's the one. It's the one who's consistent at not generating that for themselves, but who can have the whole team generate that number together, okay, one, and then focus on themselves to hit those numbers, let's say, or to have more energy. Who who can promote the most energy for everyone? Who can divide the energy? But again, it's going to take a lot of questions with the team to say, well, what's the real measurement? I think I'm the best because of this. 
And then your boss is like, well, that's not true because your numbers are only this. They're higher than, you know, these three other people. But in the long run, they you only you generate the same amount in a, in, in a year. So again, it's like, okay, so what are we going to do? So what is the true measurement? So once you, I think, get the idea of what the measurement is, then you can continue and say, okay, this is what we're trying to be. This is what we're trying to emulate. So let's let's go for that. Let's go for whatever that is. Um, okay, well, I think those are some pretty decent points to build more value. Like it's it's a pretty good um, start, you can say. Um, if you feel like I'm wrong in in anything I've said, um, please do me a favor and fuck off. Uh, other than that, thank you so much for listening to the Complainers Compound.